0: Sticking to the walls, sticking to this one-way street. You can never run, but you said you.
1: From Boise, you are listening to Radio Boise KRBX eighty nine
2: point nine FM, Caldwell, Boise, community radio for Boise and beyond. Good afternoon, and welcome to Elemental Idaho. This is our weekly interview and news program, featuring discussions on environmental issues and examining the facts relating to form relating to forming sound environmental public policy. I'm your host, Beth Markley. Every week on Elemental Idaho, we explore a different environmental issue specific to Idaho and the way we live, work, recreate in and interact with our natural environment. Elemental Idaho is produced every week at Radio Boise's downtown studio through a collaborative partnership between Radio Boise and the Idaho Council on Industry and the Environment, whose mission is to create support for factual discussion of environmental issues and to facilitate the use of science and facts in shaping public policy on them. Today, I have some distinguished guests joining me on the program. Former Idaho Governors Cecil Andrus and Phil Batt are here to talk about the possibilities of presenting the uh, U.S. Department of Energy with a federal lawsuit um, and uh, we're, we're working on some technological difficulties here for a second uh, over a deal between uh, Governor Butch Otter and the DOE to allow shipments of spent nuclear fuel into Idaho. Uh, with me, I have Cecil Andrus, who served as Governor of Idaho for 14 years, uh, the first term from 1971 to 77, and then again from 1987 to 1995 And as U.S. Secretary of the Interior from 1977 to 1981. And in 1995, he founded the Andrews Center for Public Policy at Boise State University. Governor Andrews, welcome to Elemental Idaho. Thank you
3: very much. Happy to be here.
2: Also, with me is uh, Governor Phil Batt. He was the 29th Governor of Idaho, serving from 1995 to 1999. Uh, Among several notable accomplishments, is one that we're going to discuss today. Uh, of his as governor was the role he played in negotiating the pact limiting nuclear waste storage in Idaho. Governor Bat, welcome to Thanks. Elemental Idaho.
4: Thanks for having us.
2: So uh, I, I think what, of course, is bringing us here together is some recent um, developments uh, with regard to uh, possible waste shipments into Idaho. Uh, that that you That you find problematic, and we 're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I think um, it 's important to share with our listeners some of the the history leading up to actually, I was going to start with the one thousand nine hundred and ninety five agreement, and you, Governor Andrews, pointed out that uh, uh, the history starts far well than
3: I, that. I, I truly think that uh, not all of the public is that aware as to what has taken place in the past. But very quickly, if I may give you a little background, that in in the 1950s and 60s, the federal government uh, dumped nuclear waste of all levels into the state of Idaho. They didn't have a place for it. Uh, They said, well, it's just interim storage, and uh, we'll we'll remove it out of here. Well, that went on for two decades. And in 1972, We started questioning it and said uh, to the then Atomic Energy Commission, when are you going to remove this material? Uh, a letter was sent back to me as governor since I'd asked a question from the head of the Atomic Energy Commission, Dixie Lee Ray, at that point in time. She said, don't worry, Governor, we'll have it out by the end of the decade, the decade of the 70s. Then it didn't leave, and more came in. It's been continuing to stack up. They've broken every agreement that they have made with us, and we progressed progressed. Uh, then in the 1980s, we looked, and there was more waste coming in, and they kept saying, well, it's for interim storage. Well, what's the definition of interim? Their definition to date is 40 years, and, and uh, that's a very critical high-level toxic material stored above the – the aquifer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I left office, uh, in, as you pointed out a while ago, in 1995, in January. Uh, governor Batt came in as governor and was successful in uh, in getting put into place uh, agreement that, that had teeth in it. In other words, they had to move it out by a certain time or there were severe penalties. Well, they've broken that agreement also, but it was his Agreement. I defer to Phil for any comments that he would make as to what he did and why he did it. But I was in total support of that activity.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, Governor Bat, this um, the the road leading to that 1995 agreement was not without um, some a fair amount of twists and turns. Uh, do you want to describe the events leading up to that?
4: Well, Governor Anders had blocked the shipment coming in after receiving all these promises that they were going to remove the material, never did. So he finally decided it was time for some action, and he blocked some shipments coming in physically. And when I took office, the interim, uh, the shipments had been blocked, and the Navy was desperate to get eight, eight loads of fuel into the place so they could— uh, Get their sailors home on time, six months leave, and to clear up the docks and various blockages that was causing to the Navy. Admiral Rosenbacher came in, deputy deputy secretary of the Navy, and said that, he was, that we were desperate to get this material moved. The secretary of energy could declared an emergency, so I decided to let the eight loads in. Well, that was a tremendous. Tremendously unpopular move within the state. There was a move to recall me immediately. The papers were filled with angry letters saying I should resign because I let these eight loads in and they had to be under the duress of the Navy. Now they're talking about bringing 15 loads in at one clatter and, and supposing that we should sit by and let that happen. Mm-hmm. The agreement which I negotiated with the uh, the federal government was was uh, in place of letting the loads in. We agreed to negotiate an agreement, which we did over the next several months at various places all over the country. And it was a very comprehensive I- issue, one that's, uh, un- that's not been duplicated anywhere in the nation. It's the envy of all the states. And it required that a lot of these uh, materials which had been dumped in Idaho over the years be cleaned up in return for allowing a few additional shipments of of non-commercial waste, defense waste, to come in over a period of time, and then to have it all removed by 2035. As Governor Anders said, these agreements have been broken with regularity. Most of these have been followed. Uh, The big cleanups have been done. We are in a couple of severe uh, binds yet, one being high-level nuclear uh, liquid waste, has not been removed or reduced to a storage facility. And the other is the, the transuranic waste, which is going to New Mexico. There was an accident in the New Mexico facility, and that's been delayed. So there are two major areas in which they're out of compliance. But the one we're really looking at down in, 19, in 2035, there's no way they're going to get this material out of here. So any material they bring in is going to be stored here forever, in my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that's the, the main crux of the, of the difference of opinion that Governor Batten and I have with DOE and the federal government is in his agreement. It says on page five, for those that are familiar with it, that no shipments of spent fuel, uh, from commercial nuclear waste plants, come into Idaho. None. Now they've missed a deadline that they've had on the sodium bearing waste the liquid waste that's supposed to be cleaned up and but they have continued on to attempt to try to extend the time frame uh, that time frame was supposed to be that was supposed to be out of here uh, by December 31 of 2012 it's still 900,000 gallons of liquid high-level waste is stored in tanks below the ground on the INEL in tanks that are 50 years old, and the tanks don't even meet the specific standards of tanks that that are supposed to contain this material. They have violated every clause that they can, and now there's a discussion with the... the uh, Line commission that the governor created. Mm-hmm. And you're
2: referring to the the leadership in, in nuclear energy committee uh, okay, commission, that, right? Just that's right. Uh-huh. And, then,
3: and they they want to. They are proposing that you extend the time frame from 2035 to have it moved to 2050. Mm-hmm. And then, I I just saw a press release from DOE and the, the Department of Environmental Quality here in Idaho that they that they have agreed to to extend that time for five more years after when they put it in, which was last week. Mm-hmm. Okay, that puts you into 2020 uh, instead of 2012. They're wanting to basically change the BAT agreement to where the time limit is extended eight years and the penalties are removed. Uh, th- one last thing, and then I'll turn to you and to Governor BAT in that regard. They, they have violated the NEP Act, the National Environmental Policy Act. They have not had any discussions with the public. And it makes it very clear that that any act by the federal government that has effect upon the environment of of the state or any or the nation uh, has to be reviewed with an environmental impact study. The public they have to hold public hearings. They've done none of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, now there's a question uh, that is there a waiver of the 95 agreement? Governor Batten, the Attorney General said they thought there was. Oh, uh, well, I don't know, Phil. That was back uh, in the the inauguration, the day of the inauguration, <laughs> that they that they notified us about that early January, and uh, both the governor and the Attorney General signed the letter. Now the Attorney General on February the 27th wrote. A letter that's a copyright here that says no, there will be no waiver until such time as the uh, calcining is operative on the liquid waste that's underground. And and DOE is saying well that won't take place till sometime in 2016. So therefore, uh, somebody in the media ought to go to both the governor's office and the attorney general's office and say is there a waiver or is there not a waiver in your opinion? I read. I read the act. I read his letters. I say there is no waiver for that June shipment that they want to bring in, but somebody's going to have to f- force the issue.
2: Now you brought up the 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 line commission and and the work that they're doing, and I was uh, I was there when they they gave the commission the report to the legislature uh, in two thousand. I think it was two thousand thirteen, uh, uh, and and um, they they. Quantified the waste shipment as it was um, long before the 1995 agreement, where it was just dumped in. Uh, and then they talked about some of the technology for bringing some of that waste in the storage uh, that has happened since then. I want to ask ab- about about that. Is it is it in your opinion still as as um, inadequate as I mean as clearly in the in the um, decades ago, it was it was dumped. There are pictures of just n- the waste being dumped into pits. Um, now I understand that we're talking about cement lined um, canisters, and uh, are are we talking about the same kind of of danger? And then um, and then I also want to talk to you a little bit about the 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 type of waste it is. do Do you feel like the the, the technology is such that we have changed the nature of of how the waste is being, or is that still the same kind of concern? They are
3: basically making us a de facto dump of America by bringing any waste in in violation of, of Governor Batts' agreement and stacking it up. And the governor stated just a moment ago, whatever they bring in will be here forever because they have no place to put it. Mm-hmm. And we've said we've had enough. We've been lied to. We've been uh, misled into accepting some of this material. It's not the Navy waste that we're having the problem with. It's that commercial waste that continues to stack up. They said in their Sunday ad if you that there is 600,000 tons, no, excuse me, pounds, 600,000 pounds of spent nuclear fuel already in Idaho. If they want to examine something, examine that.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about the, it, for research purposes. What the, the I'm, I, it
3: doesn't matter what about. the purpose is. The 95 right. the, the agreement says you will not bring it in, mm-hmm. and they want to bring it in anyway.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, if they want to rewrite
4: the agreement, they should consider what happened when I was in office. And as I mentioned, there was attempts to recall me at first. Then there was an attempt to repudiate the agreement. It was put on the ballot. The people sustained the, the agreement by about 62 65%, something like that. But the minority then thought we were bringing too much in. I would venture to say that nearly everybody did did not want to bring any spent nuclear. No, I room. remember
2: it was pretty significant. We yeah. had we had celebrities threatening to move out yeah, of the state. R- really.
4: <laughs> uh, nobody really wanted to bring any additional commercial waste in. And,
2: uh, so your standpoint to, was that this was leveraged I'm sorry? to get them. Your standpoint at the time was that this was leveraged to get them to take out, to clean out the Well, that's the site.
4: absolutely right. The agreement calls for all of it to be shipped out finally. And... Uh, Nobody was promoting bringing anything in. This attempt now is a total rewrite or a total rewrite of the intent of the agreement. So, if they're going to do that, they need to take it to the public, have another vote, see if another sixty-five percent would
3: sustain them.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Would the would the Governor Andrus? Would the the public entertain such a thought? Or
3: I, I'm I'm confident that the public feels as Governor Bat and I feel that we have been had for too long a period of time. We've been lied to, and uh, it, that waste has to come up. Do you realize that the waste is situated right above the largest freshwater aquifer in North America? Yeah, the sinker And, to, and, aquifer. and any leaching of any of that waste into the aquifer uh, contaminates anything that we would use for... With agriculture, for example, you were getting potatoes or alfalfa, or the trout farms, and, and and down by Twin Falls and the other areas, and it, it would have a devastating economic effect upon the state. And mm-hmm. you know, 50 percent of the people in South Idaho uh, draw water either directly or indirectly from that same uh, underground aquifer, mm-hmm. and uh, or the Snake River, which where it would leach into it. So it's a health standard issue as well as the other. But they keep saying, well, we, we need to give them an incentive to to comply with the agreement. You don't need an incentive. The agreement is there in writing. It's been, in, it's been approved by the federal district court. It said all means all. And uh, uh, we're saying either either comply with the 95 agreement and agree to uh, comply with those provisions, not the new ones that they want to put in, or uh, the two of us will take them right back to the federal court.
2: Mm-hmm. Now is it a, your understanding that they that they are they are they being levied a fine? I, I believe it was sixty five thousand a day, or do you know that they're being levied a fine, or is that is has that been?
4: That's that's what's called for if they don't take it all out by twenty thirty five. No, that's not in place yet.
2: Okay, but there's not there's not a levy of a fine in return for not meeting the the specific benchmarks. Well, the, the,
4: the penalty they're undergoing now is that they can't bring additional shipments in, which are called for under the agreement. Those have all been stalled out for now.
2: I see because they've missed those the yes. 2012. So benchmark. They
3: they are proposing that it they haven't accomplished it yet because there is no waiver, uh-huh. but but uh, they're proposing that uh, you c- that they can change that provision and give them a a an extension of time and provide for a. Well, let me see. How do I want to state a a uh, provision whereby there would be financial penalties at a lesser amount? Something like, oh, I don't remember thousand, twelve, sixteen hundred dollars a day. I don't recall. Hmm. But Phil's right. Those are not in effect Hmm. right now. The waste is sitting there. All they want to do is to pile some more on top of it.
2: Okay, we have to take a quick break, and then I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about the particulars of the of the proposed. suit. So stick with us.
0: Protect your loved ones from accidental burns and scalds with these safety tips brought to you by Boise Firefighters Local 149 and FEMA. Hot tap water and hot food and beverages are a frequent cause of burn and scald injuries, and young children and the elderly are the most vulnerable. Keep children away from stoves, turn pot handles in, and use back burners when possible. Use non-slip mats to prevent falls in the kitchen and bath. Turn water heaters to 120 degrees and always test the water temperature with your hand before placing a child in the bath or stepping in the shower. For more information on preventing burn and scald injuries, you can visit boisefirefighters.org.
2: This on Radio Boise is sponsored in part by North End Organic Nursery, an all-organic garden center and nursery specializing in edible, native, and water-conserving plants. Neon is locally owned and a full-service source for sustainable, organic garden and landscape needs, including over 700 varieties of heirloom, organic, and non-GMO seeds. You can learn more at NorthEndNursery.com.
0: The last mile of the race is the hardest. Friday mornings are such a grind. I'm so tired. Are you worn out from a long week of toiling? Bite into the V3, revitalizing and juicy as a summer peach. The V3 will grab you by the brain banana, peeling away your fatigue like a discarded, blackened husk. Thomas Paul, tell them what's inside.
2: Thanks, Gabe. Every Friday morning from 9 to noon, we've got
0: music variety, interviews with really big deal people, witty banter, local and regional music, and more, including but not limited to Gabe's Recipe Corner. The cure for the Friday morning grind, 9 to noon. It's the V3 with Thomas Paul and Gabe Dunn.
2: And if you're just joining us, this is, of course, Elemental Idaho. And today I am talking with former Idaho Governor Cecil Andrus and Phil Bat. About uh, Governor Otter's support for a, a Department of Energy proposal for additional shipments to the INL, and when we left off, we were talking about how the um, the 95 agreement allowed for shipments to come in as long as there was there were benchmarks that were being met for removing the waste from the but site. But no uh, commercial reactor, totally non-commercial. non-commercial. So is that different from what the proposal is today? Is, well, is yes. this commercial? It, it very much so. It's all okay.
4: defense-related uh, uh, material and. Uh, research material of one kind or another. has not been used for commercial purposes at all.
2: One of the things that the Line Commission report said, and I know that this was backed up by the the commission's 2.0 report that came out this year, was the significance of the economic impact of being able to research this material um, at the INL and giving Idaho a place in future energy policy um, by having this uh, developing resource for technology and research and innovation that would be uh, made possible because we have this kind of research material. Are are you saying? Do you feel like the, the material that's there is 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 research worthy, or are are we are we mincing words?
3: I don't think we know, and I don't I, think they know.
4: I don't know the answer to that. I, I would think the naval fuel, the uh, submarine fuel, uh, would be very similar to a commercial.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, the Navy has had, had a better attitude toward fulfilling uh, the requirements or what they have to do to bring it in. But their waste has to be out of here in 2035, just like the the other waste. Mm-hmm. But we keep saying it has to be out of here. The question before these people is, well, where is it going to go? And when will it leave here? Even in their ad in the paper where they were telling what fine things they were going to do, the question was asked and they said, well, that's kind of hazy. That was their word, Mm -hmm. hazy. Mm -hmm. In other words, they don't have any idea. The federal government of the United States has no idea what they're going to do with this high-level waste except dump it in Idaho, and we have said no. That's, that's why the Philbad Bat agreement is, is the leverage that we have, and for us to let them repeal that or continue to amend it, it is ludicrous. That's the only thing that will guarantee that that will be removed.
2: Now, I know some of the articles that I was reading recently seem to me to indicate that Governor Otter was saying that we would have additional leverage by letting these small shipments, or what he's quantifying as small shipments. Well, I don't know what
3: he's been state. smoking, but that just isn't true.
2: Well, I think what they're
4: claiming is that would uh, uh, give an additional impetus behind, behind the uh, conformance on the high-level liquid waste that's sitting there, that they'd be more inclined to get that done, but I can't see that.
3: No, I, I, I don't agree. It, they See, Phil signed that agreement in 1995. Okay, that's 20 years ago. They've had 20 years to... to, to to bring that up, calcine it, vitrify it, encapsulate it in glass, and store it ready for shipment until such time as there's a place for it to go. But any time that that material is still below the earth, above the aquifer, it is a threat to the well-being of the state of Idaho. And we fought, keep in mind, we started these battles in 1972, and here we are today, and they say, well, give us another 10 years, another 20 years. They don't have any idea.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, and and so the, the line commission uh, to go back to the commission's report, uh, they're holding up the the agreement and the DOE work on the site as exemplary in terms of the the cleanup that has already been done. Uh, and then it, recently they've failed to meet the benchmarks that are part of the agreement. What is it because of the of the the Yucca Mountain potential closing or I mean what what's the what's the recent Hold up. Well, Do you have Yucca any Mountains sense of that?
4: Well, the Mountains a big one looming in the future, but what they've uh, what they've gone afoul of is a uh, transuranic waste, which is going to New Mexico, and they had a problem with the faci- facility down there, so it's been blocked. Supposedly, it will be brought back into compliance and opened up again. I don't know if that will be true, but the, the other one's the, the major one that Cecil was talking about is the high-level liquid thing that, uh you might have expanded some more on it.
3: Well, I would just say that uh, that that is the leverage that Phil's agreement gave us over the federal government that it's not just DOE in Idaho, it's DOE in America. Mm-hmm. That th- They have done absolutely nothing uh, to provide for the containment of this high-level waste in a safe geological uh, atmosphere. Uh, as long as they can stack it up. Admiral DeMars, I think, uh, is a, one of the admirals that we had a problem with on, on some of the waste. I told him when I was still governor, well, you have containment barges at Norfolk, Virginia. You have containment barges north of Seattle at the shipyard there. That is where you're supposed to put these spent fuel rods. Admiral DeMar said, but that's too close to densely populated area, and that's too dangerous for it there. We want to put it in some remote area. The remote area that he put on the map was between Idaho Falls and Arco, Idaho.
4: And the question there is, if 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 there's no threat to our aquifer from those uh, actions, why don't we look at the Yucca Mountain potential? There's tens of thousands of rods we could bring to Idaho for a lot of money if there's no threat to the aquifer. It's the same proposition.
3: Mm-hmm. No, it it uh, it's a situation. It it was a political decision uh, by the uh, by the current administration and and uh, the senator from Nevada that stopped and terminated the Yucca Mountain agreement. Now, the science and the engineering, uh, I'm. I'm not qualified to say was it good or was it bad, but it took it out of of a remote, out of a possibility for us. And their answer is well, extend our time out into 2050. And the Line Commission look at the makeup of the Line Commission. The Line Commission, with two exceptions, uh, the positions are filled either by people that that serve directly uh, by the governor of the state of Idaho or people who have an interest in the Idaho Falls Chamber of Commerce in the area there. And that material uh, simply has to be road ready. uh, There's nothing that Phil or I can do uh, that uh, determines the date that they will leave. But America has to prepare for the for the disposition of this spent fuel. And what you alluded to a moment ago, that that the ridiculous accusation that Phil and I don't care about the, that we want to shut down the, the the INL. The INL has a tremendous capability scientifically of doing research and caring for, but they, they are not prepared or they're not qualified to be a waste repository and per, and protect the aquifer. Uh their science is there and they're good, but they better qual. they had better comply with his agreement. Uh and that's the only leverage we have for them to to uh mm-hmm. to do away well, with. it. it's
4: a wonderful employment opportunity over there. They've provided thousands and yeah. thousands of good high-paying jobs qualified people, well-trained people. And to assert that we want to close it down is absurd. I, it's one of the finest em- employers in the entire state and continues to be. But a lot of the, the jobs they've had in uh, the last few years have been in relation to the cleanup, and we've provided a lot of those jobs. They sh- should realize that to some extent. Mm-hmm.
3: A- abs- absolutely. And they've done a pretty good job on the transuranic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I would say that uh, I don't find fault with uh, with their activities it, with one exception, and that is that the the federal court said all means all. You dig up all that waste and, and repackage it, make it road-ready, and take it to WIP. Now they are saying right now that they are proposing to the state that they don't have to dig up the in-tech facility waste or the ATR complex waste. And, and, and is this
2: the commercial waste that you're talking about? No,
3: this, this is the trans- g- trans- g- trans- g- general waste, DOE waste. Okay. But that's still a part of the agreement.
2: Now to clarify, we're we're kind of talking about something that we started talking about during the break, but which was the um, which was a quote that I read um, in a Reuters article about Governor Otter saying what you actually want to do was get this stuff cleaned up and see the INL close. And you're saying that's not true.
3: Uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. And mm-hmm. and Phil gave a uh, I think a, the appropriate answer to that. Well,
4: uh, I resent that remark. and uh, There's no basis
1: for it. No.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about the NEPA process and what this would actually look like if it were if it were to go through what you're saying is the are the proper channels. Do you have a sense of? I mean, this would go this would look again like the 1995 process, wherein well, it was it would be brought to. I certainly
4: am not comfortable with suing the state. I love the state, and uh, I've been part of state government. I don't like to sue the state. If they would admit what they're trying to do is rewrite the agreement, sell it to the public. I wouldn't be on the basis of suing them. I'd let that be just argued out and voted on and whatever everything, but they're not looking at that.
3: Mm-hmm. No, the, 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 the possibility of a lawsuit, uh, and I don't want to get into any of the internal agreements, what we may or may not do, because uh, that's, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but there is a federal law that says that any federal activity that has any impact upon the or potential impact upon the environment, they have to do a uh, a, uh, a EIS environmental impact study or an EA at least environmental assessment. Mm-hmm. They've done none of these, and and what we're seeing the litigation would be because. They want to bring this material into the state of Idaho, and they have never leveled with the, st- the people of the state of Idaho what they want to test it for, where they're going to put it, when it will, when it will leave the state, where it will go. And uh, so they're definitely and clearly, in my opinion, in violation of the NEPA process. And until they comply with it, uh, we are saying to you, you're not going to bring that garbage in here.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now we're talking about. I thought it was interesting that you had mentioned, because I've heard said a couple of times what we're talking about is a very small amount of waste, like in the hundreds of pounds, as opposed to what is there. And you're saying, it, compared to what you were, what caused the uproar while you were
4: As I read the uh, explanation of it, they were going to bring in 15 rods, mm-hmm. 15 loads for this experimental purpose. And they may only have a couple of hundred, two or three hundred pounds of. Actual uh, uranium in it, or whatever the materials might be, but uh, compared with what's been brought in, uh, I was being recalled over eight loads, of it, which is half the fifteen they're talking about
1: mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. well there might be there might be a different numbers of what they want to bring, but keep in mind the weights that they give they're, the total limit that they can have in this state before 2035 and they ship it out is 55 metric tons and the navy can have 55 metric tons but if you look again at the 95 agreement in 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 the definition it says metric ton of spent fuel shall be defined as a metric ton of heavy metal of spent fuel now the container that it comes in, the other contaminated garbage, uh, is, uh, is not heavy metal. So all the counting is what they uh, Hand me one of those lead pencils. I'm going to just show you an example. They spent... No, a lead pencil, one of those yellow number twos. Alrighty. Okay, I'm going to hold this up for you to look at that is the size of, of one rod or one pin, as they call it. It's 12 feet long and it's the size of that lead pencil. But in the full 12 feet, there are little like a ceramic capsules of uranium or something that is the fuel that's inside. Well, when they ship it in, it comes in in a cask or a container or it's wrapped. Uh, there's other uh, material that, that holds it in place and everything. They don't have to count that. Just, just what the heavy metal that's inside of it. So nobody knows how much real contaminated material is out there. But they should know uh, how what the total weight right now of of the heavy metal that would be here. But by their ad in Sunday's paper, if you saw it, it looks like a child's artistic design. But they admitted in their ad 600,000 pounds of spent fuel... Now that that's that can't all be just heavy metal. That's got to be, uh, or or we really got a problem.
2: And so does that exempt it from what's in the what's in the 1995? Uh, no, so no, 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 okay. no, no, no.
3: It it doesn't exempt it. It's just the first time that they have admitted how much spent fuel rods are here. But but the the uh, fuel rods part of it is experimental. Part of it is navy. Part of it is other reasons, and. Anyway, we come right back to it. The main thing that we're talking about is they signed an agreement 20 years ago that they would clean up. And we've been arguing about it for 40 years. Mm-hmm. But they finally signed the agreement, at Governor Batts' insistence, that uh, they would, in fact, remove it. And, and they've either twiddled their thumbs. The government has not appropriated the money, given designation from Congress, that, uh, the type of experiment to do or determined where the, the high-level stuff would be. Now, the whip site, we took care of creating that deep shaft in the ground. I've been there three different times. to the And
2: the whip site is in? In Mexico. Carlsbad, New Mexico. Okay, so that's, okay. And that's
3: the one Phil was referred to. So it's not Idaho's fault or DOE's fault that they had a fire and an accident down there, but they should continue to repackage this, even the the transuranic waste, to make it road-ready and create a storage structure to put it in until such times as they can ship it out.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So what is the status now in terms of um, the potential for a lawsuit? What's the tipping point? I, I mean, have you, have you initiated... Uh, this? I know you don't
3: want to. I'm I'm not going to get into the litigation aspect of it with you because uh, we'll leave that to our lawyers who are very, very capable. But uh, I would just say to you that the decision that you as a journalist and your colleagues as journalists should do is to say, is there or is there not a waiver? If there is not a waiver, the question of litigation is moot for the time being. Mm -hmm. because they can't bring it in in June of this year if there is no waiver. The Attorney General says there is not a waiver. The Governor says there is a waiver. Uh, I would say to you as a journalist, take a hike over to the Capitol building and ask those two gentlemen that question or get one of your colleagues to do it.
2: Well, we'll certainly see if we can get... uh, uh, uh an answer to that we are going to have a follow-up program with um, uh, in the next couple of weeks with representatives who, who will speak to some of your concerns and, and we'll see what they have to say I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, I know you were talking about you know before we went on the air the potential of going down to Idaho Falls to speak to some of their um, folks in, in presentations and so forth what are you hearing from people in southeastern Idaho uh, are A lot of
3: support from people who don't want to have their names published in the newspapers, but are saying, you and Phil are doing the right thing. Keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, to what I call the Chamber of Commerce mentality of downtown Idaho Falls, their vision about uh, from one month to the next about the, the cash sales and the money that comes down Main Street. Now, I'm criticized for being critical of them, but I started this battle 40-some years ago, and uh, the big support comes from the commercial interests that uh, that want to see additional revenue come in. They started out talking about $10 million a year, and, and that would be for the two years. Then they said, well, we're going to do this for at least 10 years. So that how many shipments are you going to have each year for 10 years? And you just keep accumulating this. uh, uh I, I think level. the
2: original agreement said something about 1,135 shipments over. Front. Well, that was
4: the additional non-commercial waste. It was the defense-related waste, the naval waste. 1,186 uh, rods. They were trying to bring in 19, 1,956. We, the agreement, got them down to 1,186, and we eliminated all the commercial rods at that time.
2: Right, right. We do have to take another quick break, and then we're going to come right back and finish up our conversation. So, stick with us.
1: In fact,
4: that was most of the difference between the 1180.
0: out of this, ripple on water from a lonesome drip, a fallen tree that witnessed me, I'm alone, and me. And that life itself could not aspire to have someone be so admired, I threw creation to my kin with a silence broken by a whispered, Whoa. All of this can be broken, all of this can be broken. Hold your devil by his throat and spin him to the ground. And birds are rude and tip to tip. I look at him, my country chip, let it up by all his fears. But someone brought you close to tears. Miles brought you to me on this sunny aisle and what of which you wish to speak? Have you come here to rescue me? All of this can be broken, all of this can be broken. Hold your devil by the spokes and spin him to the ground.
5: Programming on Radio Boise is brought to you by the Modern Hotel and Bar, serving dinner and craft cocktails seven nights a week and brunch Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Modern Hotel and Bar is a proud supporter of the Treefort Music Fest and is the location of Camp Modern, a venue for cinema, arts, music, and performance during Treefort 2015. You can learn more at themodernhotel.com. Treefort Music Fest is back for its fourth year with five days of live music in downtown
0: Boise. TV on the radio.
5: Trampled by Turtles. Built the Spill. Josh Ritter.
0: Of Montreal.
5: Chick Chick Chick.
0: Yacht. Emily Wells. Viet Cong. Rubble Bucket. Black Milk. Generationals. Twerps. And over 400 more bands.
2: March 25th through the 29th. More info at treefortmusicfest.com. Welcome back to Elemental Idaho and KRBX Radio Boise. Just before we get continue with our interview, uh, I have a couple calendar items to share with you. Uh, Next Tuesday, March 31st, Dirt, Worms, and Fish, the Case for Improved Soil Health. Soil Health proponent Marlon Winger, NRCS, Idaho State Agronomist, and Ada Soil and Water Conservation District Chair Glenn Edwards make a case for the adoption of new farming and ranching practices in Ada and Counting County to improve the health of the Boise River, increase water security, and deliver economic benefits to farmers and communities. Soil managed to its maximum potential through a system of conservation practices is one of the easiest and most effective ways for farmers to increase crop productivity and profitability while improving the environment, 6 p.m. at the Garden City Library, 6015 Glenwood Street. There's more information at idahorivers.org. And then on Thursday, April 9th, it's a Junior Master Gardener, Class 6 p.m. at the University of Idaho, Ada County Extension. Learn about plants, gardening soils, and insects with the Junior Master Gardener Program, there is a program, this is a program, by the way, for kids. It runs through April 30th uh, at 5880 Glenwood Street in Boise. More information is, ex- is at Uh There are more calendar items on our uh, ElementalIdaho.org webpage. I want to get continue with our program, though. Um, if you have an event relating to legislative policy or environmental education, I hope you will let me know. You can contact me online at ElementalIdaho.org. And, of course, if you're just joining me, I have as my guest today former Governors Cecil Andrus and Phil Batt. We are talking about uh, the governor's uh, Governor Otter's support for a DOE proposal for additional shipments to the INL. And uh, I guess what we have is, is, is time for... Just a final wrap-up for the statement. And, and to reiterate, um, I know you we were talking during the break, Governor Andrus, what you're not suggesting, either of you is suggesting, is that we are to close down the INL. Sign. I think that's
3: absolutely ridiculous. It's yes. ludicrous, and and it's an insult. Uh, when you look at the record of Governor Batten myself with the support of INL, uh, you know, they're talking about bringing in the commercial waste now and they've been in existence all these years and have been strong employers and they've had plenty of work to to keep themselves busy over there but now they're talking about this would bring in these two shipments that they're proposing, June of this year, January of next year, uh, that uh, these would bring in about ten thousand or ten million, excuse me, dollars of economic benefit uh, each year. And then all of a sudden they said, "Well, but we think this may go on for a full decade." Well, that's ten years. Now, is that two more shipments every? every year for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have never been honest with the people of the state of Idaho. There's been no transparency as to uh, what it is. And remember what Phil Bat said to you a little bit ago. He said, if they really wanted to, to do something like this, uh, then go to the people. Let's have a vote on it and, and let the people of Idaho decide. I'm confident in exactly what they will decide, aren't well, you? I was
4: very pleased when the mayor of Idaho Falls, uh, the lady said that... Uh, there needs to be a lot more widespread discussion of our role in storing uh, spent waste, and now we're getting it. I think it's healthy for the state to get discuss this thing openly and thoroughly, and see what happens after that.
2: Mm-hmm. So I just want to clarify, though, for um, the the issue that we're having is that they've not they've failed to meet the benchmark of of removing uh, that are set forward in the 1995 agreement. And that the proposed shipment into Idaho is not the same type of waste that it was,
4: was specifically prohibited in the agreement. Okay.
2: So had they if they if they had continued to meet these benchmarks, it was still It's not... still
3: waste that will be here forever. You'll be a little gray haired lady in a wheelchair <laughs> before you can even have them talking about where it's going to go.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate both of you so much for coming on the show and clarifying. <laughs> it's,
3: been, it's been great, and, and, and Phil and I, uh, we're, we're personal friends, but we're of different political parties, and we have differed on issues, and but on many issues— uh, we we have agreed and, and we can work out the, the solutions. Education was another one. Human rights was another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, workman's compensation that he put through for with agricultural workers, workers yes. and the other thing. I in mean, total agreement with myself and other members of my political party. And in this one, I think I can say and and he's looking at me pretty close right now. <laughs> I think I can say that he and I are in total agreement on this issue that they are not going to change the 95 agreement. They're going to comply with the 95 agreement, or we'll see them in court.
2: Governor Bat, would you concur?
4: Well, I, I would agree with that, except to say if there were widespread public discussion of what they're promoting and a vote were taken then the people have, have taken a different direction. At this point, we have to assume that the agreement's in place. Ninety percent of the people did not want additional waste brought in. I think that's safe to say with the vote that was taken. And, and until the public changes their mind on that, uh, it's not my decision. It's the public's decision.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, Governor Phil Bat and Cecil Andrus, thank you so much for joining me today on Elemental Idaho. It's just been a pleasure speaking with you both.
3: Thank you very much. And remember what I said. You and your colleagues in the media have a responsibility to find out, is there a waiver or is there not a waiver?
2: Mm -hmm. I take that very serious. Thank you so much. And, of course, you have been listening to Elemental Idaho. Our show is a collaborative production of Radio Boise and the Idaho Council on Industry and the Environment. ICIE is headed by Executive Director Pat Barkley, who helps identify themes and coordinate the speakers for each of our shows. Our music was selected for us today by Mike Markley, and you can find our playlist online at radioboise.org. The thoughts and opinions expressed by our speakers do not reflect those of the producers of this show or KRBX and are presented for educational purposes only. I do hope you'll join me next week on Elemental Idaho. You can tune in at 89.9 FM or 93.5 FM in the downtown area, or listen in at radioboise.org. That's next Wednesday at noon. Again, I'm your host, Beth Markley. Thank you so much for listening in today.